ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Claws to the Wall. We are back in person, so if you guys are listening on audio and Spotify, you guys are in for a treat today. Go ahead and leave a like, leave a rating, leave a review, however you can connect with us and interact with us and let us know how we're doing and uh, give positive feedback. We want to hear it all. Of course, you know I'm your host, Isaiah Garner. I am joined by Kobe Jackson, Justin Brown, and returning to the podcast, we have Giancarlo Cacho. Oh, yeah. Great to be back. Yeah, so, man, y'all know how we do. Let's go ahead and get straight into it. So, most recent Texas State news, Texas State baseball, unfortunately, did not come away with the win against the Aggies last night, losing by four, I believe. Well, at the time of this recording, I guess Tuesday night, losing by four. So, I wanted to kind of get y'all thoughts on that because I think it's kind of echoing the same sentiment we had seen in their previous losses, you know, so they're being consistent in that aspect, but the wrong consistent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it was a big time game because going against another big time team in the Texan, uh, Texan and Maggie. So you got to really bring your A game where you're playing top tiers like top teams like that. But, um, you know, it was a tie ball game, one one heading into the second inning. But then by the third inning, it just kind of coasted towards the Aggies after uh, after the inning. But uh, their backs were kind of cold all night. It, I was able to watch the game. It was pretty – they were pretty horrible on the on the, at the at the plate. But, you know, it's a little slump. Like I said, you know, you know, as long as they keep winning, they should be fine. But if they're going to keep, you know, dominating like this, they got to, like, go against top-tier teams and stuff. So, um, you know, and like I said, they got a, a conference series coming up this weekend. So we'll see uh, We'll see where this goes. You know, I feel like we've seen a, quite a pattern here. Every time before we go into a series, we, we get that that un, that non-conference loss. If we look back at University Incarnate Ward, there was a loss there. We look back mm-hmm. at Huntsville, there was a loss there. Mm-hmm. And now we look at A&M, and there's a loss here. It seems like it's kind of a pattern for them. They like to lose that out-of-conference game. But I'm going to tell you right now, those small games do matter yes, when do. it comes into national ranking and your ranking overall as a team. Also, I'd like to say that I saw that they do it again in the eighth and ninth inning. They start scoring really late. There's a thing called timely hitting. It's quite important in baseball, and you want to mm-hmm. start hitting early on in that game. There's no point in you putting those three runs together when you're already down five or six in the ninth inning. So you'd really need to get the scoring done early. I know it's taking a while to warm up, but hit the batting cages and prepare yourselves, especially for those out-of-conference games, because those are going to matter later on. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you know what? Is a power five conference school. You know, they're Texas A&M, they're big, they're tough. And it, like you said, it's a pattern. They, they drop these, you know, these non-conference games middle of the week, you know, during during the school week. You know, they drop them games the way they did to Huntsville and UIW. Um, it's, it's tough. But you don't want to start getting those bad habits, mm-hmm. start losing games, you know. Start lo- you think they're small, but they, they mean a lot. Rank, you know, like you said, in the rankings – and going in a you know, conference tournament time, you know, even though they're not conference teams, you know, those conference teams are studying how you play in those games that you lose. They're studying, you know, and they, they like you said, they always late. They like digging themselves into a hole. They bury yep. themselves in the beginning mm-hmm. of the game. And it's like, what are you doing? You start off strong, you finish off strong. I like the way they finish most games, but the way they start is real slow. 
real, you know, sluggish. Mm-hmm. They're, they're slugging in those uh, first couple innings. But, you know, we just got to see them bounce back, you know, this weekend series. You know, it's looking good against Georgia Southern. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, got a positive outlook on this team. So then let me hit y'all with a question. Then, do you think, because, you know, we, I think a common topic that we've always talked about on this show is a sense of urgency um, for multiple teams, not just this one, not just softball. We've talked about that sense of urgency for months now. Mm-hmm. So do y'all think that maybe, you know, we don't want to accuse of them not playing their hearts out. But oh, do you no. think maybe that the sense of urgency is a little lower because it's a non-conference and they know it doesn't matter as much? Because I know that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen, you know, there's even even as a coach, there's times where we've had losses where I feel like we shouldn't have lost, but I knew it wasn't a district, so I didn't really care as much as opposed mm-hmm. to when we lost to more of those district games because that determined your, mm-hmm. you know, you having a chance to win the championship. So that's my question to y'all. I mean, uh, I believe y'all have been to more games than I've had the opportunity to go to, but do y'all feel like, you know, because all these losses, they're all against the out-of-conference teams. You know, uh, Incarnate Word. Um, Texas. Yeah, te- uh, even even the Texas game. That was probably the most sense of urgency I've seen them mm-hmm. be yeah. at a conference ever. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them. I haven't seen that sense of urgency again. Mm-hmm. You know, so like we always talk about, you know, they beat the number one team at the time, but now they're losing to teams that I feel like they should have easily beaten mm-hmm. or at least been a lot more closer with so yeah i think you're completely right isaiah i feel like you need to play every game like you are playing ut you need to play every series like that because that was the sense of urgency that we saw in that series and i would like to throw out some stats for example in their non-conference game they're 15 and 6 which is still a winning record which is quite impressive their conference games they're 8 and 1 so that's what we need to keep up if we want to have that first place ranking in the Sun Belt. but one um sad statistic is if um the other team scores in the first inning, they're 11 and 1. So that is quite a, a, a bad stat right there. So you need to be able to control them early on. Like the other teams are 11 and 1 if they score in the first inning? Yes. Okay. So, but you know, this this team is, we've seen them go crazy though. Dalton Shelfield, oh, yeah. come on. I, oh, yeah. uh, me and him, we, we have these, these fan <laughs> reactions to this guy. He could go pro. What an amazing player for this team. But yeah, I like what you said. I think they do have a sense of urgency and they need to bring that back and bring this into these non conference games that are in the middle of the week because they're very important down Absol- the road. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, every coach that you, at least every coach that I've played for, as far as me playing sports, has always said, have a sense of urgency, you know. It, every day, don't treat like every game like it's just a slack off. Like every game yeah. means something, no matter you know what sport you're playing. So I mean, may, they just need to find that fire that they found when they play against Texas. Because mm-hmm. if they can find that and keep winning, then uh, who knows? This team might be unbeatable at this point. Yeah, Isaiah, thanks for making sure I check my stat again. So we're eleven and one. We score in the first inning, but they're nine and four when they score in the yeah. first inning. So I mean, still kind of anybody's ball game in the first inning that's kind of what we yeah. expect mm-hmm. you know in baseball you you can really turn it around like that but yeah. no i want to say about the sense of urgency you know at least growing up in like you said in sports teams though you know no matter what sport it is coach is going to tell you have a sense of urgency mm-hmm. in practice and during the games pre-game post-game every time i have a sense of urgency and the way that they played against texas they had that sense of urgency you got to play every game like they're number one and you're at the bottom of the rankings. Mm-hmm. Like you got something to exactly. prove. Exactly. You got to prove somebody wrong. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we talked to Coach Trout uh, a few times on BCR, um, and he doesn't want the rankings to get into the players' oh, no. heads. You know, he's telling him, like, hey, 
we might you know we're good but don't be don't let it get your head don't let it get Mm -hmm. your ego you know still you know be humble Mm -hmm. and and, you know play like you know you're at the bottom of the pack yeah and you gotta prove them wrong and if they're not looking at the ranking right now and they keep playing the brand of baseball that i know they're capable of man they're gonna find themselves in the third spot they're gonna Mm -hmm. find themselves in that fourth spot so they just keep their game up and don't look at the standings and and don't even worry about the news and just keep it up and you got a team baby yeah because i think um just just a final word on that i think ever since they did beat ut they had that series Obviously, conference play, like, obviously their confidence is up, but in conference play, I don't think we ever talk about their their lack of sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't sweep it, you mm-hmm. see that they're playing they're, they're, they're playing their level of, of baseball. Mm-hmm. But then we see these out-of-conference, and it's like these other out-of-conference, because they don't see them all the time, I guarantee you, like, I, f- I don't want to say people are scared of other people, mm-hmm. but I feel like everybody in the Sun Belt knows Texas State's a problem. They know mm-hmm. Texas State's a problem, True. and they go in like, "Hey, yo, we we need we better play because they're gonna be a problem." Mm-hmm. These other teams, unfortunately, aren't looking at them like that. Oh no, A and M's not seeing yeah, them like that a- at all. Exactly. They're like, "Hey, bro, we were big ass nah, school." It, like we <laughs> yeah. beat, we beat Texas too, so like, yeah. so what? Like that's exactly what they're looking at it like, and it's really just the the late starts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you always having to come back in the second stretch, second half of the game second, like, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, yeah. if you always having to come back in that portion of the game, that says something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's not just this one. It's happened for at least three, four out-of-conference games. I believe you said they're 15 and six. I think they have four losses in the past month mm-hmm. to out-of-conference. That are out-of-conference. And out-of-conference. It's every week type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like It's a pattern for me. We see, we see them go in the conference and we're like, okay, yeah, Texas State. We we know what Texas State is. You know what we know what we about. Mm-hmm. And then we get to this out of conference, and we're like, "Yo, like that is not the Texas State team we just saw this weekend." <laughs> so yeah. that lack of urgency, right there. Yeah. So I think for sure it's just a matter of just you can't have them late starts. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. eventually, you know, I don't know if it's mindset. It could be the rankings. They could be looking at it like, it "Oh yeah, be. we ranked," mm-hmm. and you know, people are gonna look at that and nah, like. And especially in NCAA, mm-hmm. rankings aren't scary at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, football, unless you Bama, ain't nobody, <laughs> like, ain't nobody looking at that word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's so many, you know, mm-hmm. teams. Like, I mean, we see St. Peter's, like, ain't no, they didn't. Yeah, they don't, don't care about care, the ranking. You know? Like, like NCAA is probably one of the most exciting sports because you oh, never yeah. know what can happen. It's oh, any yeah. given yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, Unpredictable. Yeah, so for me, that that's really my big takeaway. Like, you can't have these late starts every yeah. week. Like, once yeah. on a blue moon, it's going to happen. You're not perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think every week is where it's, it needs to get fixed. Yeah, and they have a really long season, so hopefully they can turn that around because baseball is one of the longer sports we have here for our program because oh, yeah. they do have a lot of games yeah. to do. And, so. and their next series is against Georgia Southern, who's the third, uh, yeah. third, third best ranked team in the Sun Belt. So this is the toughest conference matchup they've played thus far. I'm excited to see yeah, it. I'm me too. And I, and I think we got weekend. it, but what Texas, team, what Texas State team is going to show up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause, True. Because it's them, and then I think Georgia State's at the end of the year. So and Georgia State's second right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you Three can't. Game yeah, you never, you never know what's going to happen. So um, that's very important. So uh, their next their next series, I believe, starts Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if y'all can go out, support them. Um, I believe the game will be home, home. Mm-hmm. so y'all go out there and support them. Hopefully, we can get a sweep, but nevertheless, a two-on-one. So now, we're going to transfer to a team who will be playing their spring game this 
this week, um, the women's volleyball team. Uh, just a little quick note on them. With the women's volleyball team, this was the first time in four years they did not win their conference championship. They three-peated, wow. and then last year they came in second. Came in second to, uh, I believe it was South Alabama. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm looking at that like, well, you can't win them all, but you did have a three-peat. Kind of like, you know, not to make too much of kind of reminds me of them 0-1 Lakers. You know, that little <laughs> Lakers team that three-peated, <laughs> and then they came, and then, you know, they lost that fourth one. But um, I, what I really want to ask y'all is, you know, for some some of those people, they weren't there the whole three-peat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of those people, they weren't even there for the, for the last championship they won. So, obviously, you got people leaving, you got people coming in. I want to know what y'all think their mindset should be or what do y'all think they should focus on as far as going into the season competing because even though they came in second, I think it's fair to say they're still the team to beat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's fair to say because they, they were only behind the game, mm-hmm. you know, regular season, and then they just, you know, they didn't get it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... Well, I want to know what y'all think the mindset should be going in. I mean, I think it should be what it's been the previous season with co- Coach Sean Hewitt. He has done amazing for this team so far. The record with him is 29-3 and in conference, so the man is insane. So and two of those came last year. Yeah, yeah, so, but, you know, there are high expectations for a team that can always get a three-peat right then and there. I'm going to say yes. And I, I'm just surprised again finding out that another Texas State sport is absolutely goaded, and I'm so excited to watch, and I know that we have a preview game this week, and – and we're looking to see the same aggression that they've had seasons before to keep make sure they can be the number one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's definitely possible. This group of girls is a young bunch, and they're definitely really good. Um, I've heard great things about them from Joey Gonzalez, another member of KTSW. He used to do plenty of calls over there during the summer, and, that, and I've heard great things about this team. I'm just really excited to see what they can do. I'm a huge fan of volleyball, always been a fan of high school level, okay. never had the, the, the chance to enjoy the collegiate level, and I think it's this good. team is the one to start with. Huh, okay. John Collar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look, they're good. They had, you know, although, you know they finished second. But they're solid. They're solid. Mm-hmm. And like we said with baseball, it's a sense of urgency. Just open up the season with that sense of urgency, and things are going to be looking good. Things are going to be looking good. They're solid. Um, the coaching staff, like you said, solid. The players, I mean, you, know, you have a few rough games. That's in every sport oh, yeah. of volleyball. You know, this, this program is top-notch, mm-hmm. especially in the Sun Belt. They're top-notch, mm-hmm. like we said. And, you know, as as long as you know, and since I think it's their first like full like preseason yeah. like work and you know since like COVID started, mm-hmm. so getting that practice time, getting that time to get used to you know the new players, the old players, establishing mm-hmm. that culture with with new uh, members, that's important. That's yeah. important to get your freshmen, your transfers, everybody mm-hmm. uh, you know accommodated with how we run Texas State volleyball, how we do things here. Yeah, y'all, y'all pretty much nailed on here. But the one fact I do want to throw into this is that their first five games last season were big losses oh. to top-ranked teams. I'm just going to list a few. Texas Tech, Ohio State, uh, number one, Texas. That's not really a surprise because Texas women's volleyball has always been really good. Amazing. It, always been amazing. And then Kentucky. So Wow, what a th- hard start. Yeah, that's a hard, that was a hard <laughs> start last year. So, yeah. So. Indeed. I'm looking for them this year to be different. I'm looking for them to actually get off to a better start yeah. that they did last season. And I know, you know, winning conference is great, but if you want to make it all the way to the College World Series, that's where the that's where, you know, that's where ads are starting to play. And mm-hmm. so that's where sponsors are starting to come into play. So, you know, 
you want you want to make it there. And honestly, I have strong possibilities. I think we have like maybe three people. Like I want to say three coming back. I believe because yeah, they had like another. Year. Yeah, because they have like another year of eligibility. Eligibility. So mm-hmm. uh, that's something to keep in mind, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can go farther as far as the volleyball season goes. Yeah, and I mean, this coach, since he's joined in 2006, he's helped Texas State get to 11 total championship titles, six with the Sun Belt and five with the Southland Conference. So winning is something this coach does at second nature. And it's something that I don't even, like, if... I don't even think we don't even need to be talking about them right now. They're still going to be winning these games because they they have their program down. They don't need no guidance from a bunch of college guys like us. But, you know, the other sports obviously <laughs> listen to us, definitely. But no, this bunch, it just seems like winning is something they do naturally and I think I'm I'm, I'm really excited to watch them as well. Now, that tough season start yet yeah, last year, I mean, that is pretty tough. I I, I don't I haven't I haven't had the opportunity to see the the roster the, the schedule for this season. Yeah, but, come out, yeah. you know, they they need to prepare to have a hotter start than they did last last year if they mm-hmm. want to definitely make an impact and not land second like they did last year. Yeah. No, so. yeah, for sure. So shout out to them again. First time in four years, you know, didn't get the championship and it's not like they fell off the face of the earth. They were oh, right no. there. Um so coming back, you know, uh I really I really believe that they're gonna be like, okay, hey, it's not gonna be given to us now. Like we had that little three P but hey, we still gotta work for everything we got because again even though they came a second and they didn't win it, everybody knows Texas State is still a team to oh, be yeah. feared with, you know, and a team to beat. So everybody's going to go in giving it their best. So they got to understand, like, hey, we can't take our foot off the gas. As we've said on this show multiple times, sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. So shout out to them. Um, can't wait to see what they do. Um, hopefully I'm back here in the fall, you know, so right here on Claws to the Wall giving y'all updates and uh, reactions and, you know, calling games and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to transition over to somebody else who has a spring game this week, Texas State football team. Um, unfortunately, I was not here on Claws to the Wall earlier when they were in season. So one thing that I want to ask y'all is what do you think obviously needs to improve? I mean, there's so many holes that they needed to fill. I, you know, get the so, list out. Yeah, so because um, obviously they had a disappointing season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even like they just lost and they played great. There was very there was a lot of underwhelming performances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what do you think it's gonna take for them to start competing at the least in the Sun Belt now? All right. Well, I'm not gonna go for the head honcho because some people would say that we need to start this rebuild from the top and at the top is the head coach. But and I how do long s- has he been here? He's been three here. Seasons, right? Yes, in his act. He has been here since 2019, so three uh-huh. seasons, and his record is overall coaching record is nine and 27. Damn. Okay, so here's what I gotta say. It's either the coach or he just had some bad football players. I know we have our all our really you know longtime quarterback. He's finally gone. He's in the transfer portal, and I'm you know he, I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying anything bad. Gone. No, I don't mean anything bad with the finally. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I'm glad he's doing it's something. Sayonara. He's doing something for Adios. his future. That's good for him. But we have an opportunity for growth, especially in the quarterback position. We have someone um, that we have, we have a transfer from University of Ar- uh, Arkansas State, and we do have someone on the bench as well that's willing to step up, and I think that'd be exciting to see, in my opinion. I'd like to keep it in the Bobcat family. But, no, this football team is looking exciting. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like every sport in Texas State is doing pretty decent. We had basketball go crazy. Oh, yeah. Women's basketball isn't doing bad either. Baseball's doing good. Softball's fourth spot right now. They need to kind of improve that track and field, literally breaking records left and right. Listen. Oh, yeah. 
Wilson's something no else. Yeah. So I think Texas State is really improving. I think football is going to jump on that wave as well, and I'm just really excited to watch it, guys. I'm not, I mean, come on, Friday Night Lights, I missed that. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, It's a John? great show, by the way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> plugging a show, I guess. <laughs> I think that's high school. <laughs> um, but, no, f- that's the one sport in Texas State athletics that just needs to show up. Mm-hmm. They just need to show up, mm-hmm. and they got pieces, you know, like you said, sidenar adios to Brady McBride. You know, I support all Bobcats, but he's not Bobcat anymore. So, <laughs> adios, sidenar, pack your bags, leave, get out of San Marcos. Okay, thank you. I said my piece, but like you said, it's either the coach, and I feel like this season really determines if Spavadol's here or not in the future. You know, That's true. Season. That's true. Yeah, because Brady McBride's out. You mm-hmm. got some solid recruits. You got good pieces. Um, Even new assistant coaches and mm-hmm. staff. So if if they replace the personnel on the team, the personnel and the assistant coaching staff, and everyone but you, and the record's the same, Dang. I'm sorry, man. You got a cr- his job's mm-hmm. on the line this year, and we got a new president here that loves mm-hmm. football. Man's from Arkansas State as well, and he's gonna want Doctor Doctor uh, Doctor Damp House mm-hmm. actually our new president about to come into Texas State. Yeah. But sorry to interrupt your point no, like no, that, John. No, I like I like your points right there. <laughs> it's you know it's it's. It's the coach. If it if it's an unsuccessful season, it's the coach. It's the it's the head honcho. Like you said, yeah. it's the head honcho. And you, we just got to see how they play, how they open up. Uh, I think they play Baylor again this season. Right? Yes, yeah. third yeah. game of the third game of the that, season. That that was their opening game. You know, this past season, mm-hmm. and it looked so good. And they it they did, competed. I was there. It I did. was like, it okay, did. this team looks solid. Mm-hmm. And then, damn, they fell off the face of the earth, and they <laughs> went south, 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 all the way to Latin America. You know, oh, we <laughs> plug in Latin America. The they were gone. It was like they were on vacation. It was like, oh well, I guess I'll show up today. Oh, I guess I'll put on the uniform. It yeah. was sad. It was horrible. Okay, that's enough. Man, that's a, that's emotions. That's man. Emotions, still processing yeah. this I'm game. still processing because I never saw any of their wins. Every time they won at home, I, I wasn't at that at yeah, those games. So, but um, you know, y'all both nailed it. Like like you said, or like John Carlos said, you know, if it's not. The players, it could be the coach, and this, like you said, this will determine where uh, it will be the coach's last season. But you know, you got a new recruit. Obviously, you got the big transfer that everybody's been talking about from Arkansas mm-hmm. State, Lane Hatcher. So we're gonna see what he's made of, and yep. you know, I'm pretty sure he's probably gonna be the starter for the opening day. Most you likely. never know because, like I said, spring game it's unpredictable. You don't know what's gonna happen. True. So. Uh, we're going to see where this goes. And like you said, lots of different people from not only players but coaching staff as well. And I know I did say I w- they were going to go undefeated. I did say <laughs> that on the last few, few podcasts that wow. we did, did do. I don't but, know about that. <laughs> but I'm going I'm going to hold it back because, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen. So yep. uh, but I'm excited. But like you said, you know, Texas State has been doing great as far as sports. Mm-hmm. And like like I said before, you know, San Marcos really has been known for sports in so many years. So now that, you know, this new breed of talent is here, oh, yeah. they finally get to show what they're truly made of. So, so far it's been great. Let's hope football can, you know, take advantage of this, you know, dominance for the school. So. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Kobe for the optimism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love the it. only optimistic person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would have never said that. But, um, <laughs> so... I think each of y'all touched on the defense, and um, I'm a big believer that if coaches, like, yes, coaches should be 
better, but at the same time, if you have a quarterback only throwing 1,500 yards passing in a full season Mm -hmm. in eight games, or I'm sorry, 12 games, that's a problem. So, one thing that... Exactly. (laughs) So, one thing that I want to pay attention to is their defense. So, I have these stats in front of me. They allow 33 points per game. What? 33 points How much? 33. 33 points? Oh, my God. Yeah, they – That's a tough football team. You know what I mean? Like, like, do I even need to continue? Like – Make me sick. I'm almost afraid to ask what's their offensive stats. No, you don't want to know. Like, that's how I'm like (laughs) – Like, they only only average 23 points a game. And And when you look at it, you're like, well, why did they average 23 points a game? I mean, passing yards, like, again, you cannot have a quarterback throwing 1,500 yards in 12 games. No. You you can't. But because y'all touched on that, I want to see the defense improve. Because mm-hmm. yeah. your offense can suck, but your defense can be better. Now, oh, granted, yeah. if your defense is always on the field, it's going to look worse than what it really is. Mm-hmm. You're going to get gassed. But I really want to see what they addressed on the defensive side of the ball as well. Like mm-hmm. defense you know, wins championships. The, like yep. secondary. Like I, I think all three levels can be improved. Like oh, yeah. I don't want to single out just one. I think all three levels probably need improvements. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not going to help when your quarterback's only throwing fifteen hundred yards. I want to make sure I make that clear because <laughs> I saw that and that was ridiculous. But ridiculous. So you can say you know you support all Bobcats. Oh, I'm sorry, fifteen hundred yards is crazy to me. <laughs> so to uh, shout out to you. I'm, Hope you find your place somewhere else. Wish you none but the best. Just not here. <laughs> so, you know, so. Thanks, but no thanks. I really want to see their defense side of the ball kind of step up. And I'm not saying you're going to go from what you were to number one overnight, mm-hmm. but you can definitely be, you know, better than what you were. Mm-hmm. Improve. Yeah, I think, I mean, with defense improving, it allows for everything else to improve. If you can hold them scoreless in the game, that gives you all the opportunities on your offensive side to experiment all dang game, whatever you want to try. As long as you can hold them scoreless, we could try different, we could try so many different offensive routes and so many different ways to score that we haven't before and give that give coach that that a little bit of pressure off of him in those those moments because our defense is actually doing good and executing properly and we do have some new de- I think we do have some new defensive coaches and stuff like that so I think our improvement on the defensive end will occur Isaiah and I think we're looking forward to seeing that yeah absolutely because uh, when your defense is good it makes your offense look that much better more mm-hmm. opportunities to get the ball you can game manage you know like all, at the end of the day all we need is a game manager like all you need to do is win. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is win, and if you just make the plays you need to make when you need them to make them, give, let your defense, you know, if you have a good defense back there, just don't turn over the ball. Don't turn over the ball. Let your defense play for you. Make the plays you need to make. Move the chains. Time of possession. You know, I'm I'm a little old school like that. Oh, yeah. I know air raid is all fancy, nice, and cool. <laughs> like, you know, the Big 12 offenses, that air oh, raid yeah. is great, but what do we always say about Big 12 offenses? Their defenses Their are defense, horrendous. Yes. yes. Horrendous. Yes. So, you know, hopefully they can get it together, you know. So I guess, I guess the spring game is going to be our first look at what they've been doing since, you know, their little 4-8 and eight season. So shout out to them. You know, hey, all, we're, we're always wishing for all good things to come through Texas State, um, you know. And now, you know, we're coming into the spring season. And mm-hmm. then, you know, 
transitioning into the fall. So you know how it is all year round. Oh, yeah. And stay tuned with us because you know we're going to be catching all up with everything going on. So that's 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 Texas State. Shout out to them. But now we are going to transition into a little game that, you know, unfortunately all of a sudden Jacob is not here for. <laughs> you know, a game that all of a sudden he he didn't want to show his face for. Um, you know, so I believe it was him that said that uh, NC was going UN, win. UN, UNC's going to win, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he I, had it. He he had us in the first half. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Had us he in did. the first yeah. half, but um, they didn't finish. <laughs> they didn't finish. No. They did not finish. And bad. Your 2022 NCAA champions are the Kansas Jayhawks. You know, a usual powerhouse who hasn't been really in the limelight as of late. Mm-mm. No. But I'll let y'all talk about the game because the only, only thing I want to say is, Jacob, if you're listening to this, <laughs> why aren't you in studio, my guy? <laughs> why aren't you in studio, my Taking guy? Taking a hiatus. So, oh, I'll, let y'all, I'll let y'all Look, do y'all thing. All right. The only reason Jacob got us in that first half is because Kansas was fouling UNC way too much. Come to the free mm-hmm. throw line in the first half yeah. 16 times, okay? Crazy. And that team was shooting 81.7% from the free throw line, so they were actually getting those shots to fall. Surprising numbers, if you look at the Kansas Jayhawks, they only shot 57.1% from the free throw line, which is quite low for, I would say, a championship a game. Team. Yeah, especially for a team right now when you're trying to score free throws in the clutch. But both teams were struggling from three-pointer, uh, three-point range. No one shot above 29% from three-point land. And we the Kansas Jayhawks only shot a good 30% from the field. But I'm going to tell you right now, you had five players in double digits, baby. Five players in double digits in the championship game. If I am UNC, I'm not allowing a team to get five players in double digits. That is not going to win you a basketball Four game. Or they were starters, too. Yeah, and that allowed for the biggest comeback in NCAA history, baby. A 16-point comeback into the, after the first half. That is what you live to see in March Madness, and that's what you want to see if you're a betting man. I'm not a betting man, so believe me, I'm not. I know Michael Jordan is somewhere in a corner <laughs> crying. Oh, yeah. he, he, he put probably, big money on UAC. probably gave away his daughter in a house. But, oh. yeah, no, you know, it's just what a bad loss oh, for Michael. God. Love him, though. Love the Tar Heels. Love Kenny Smith. Love the program. But Kansas, baby, we <laughs> called it. We called it here. Jacob's gone. You know, he's not listening to this episode right now. I'd be probably <laughs> crying somewhere. And uh, we have some other news later. Another director of ours may be crying about another team that lost. Um, but, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this championship game? I mean, I was not surprised that Kansas won. I was just surprised that they won by this much. Because, honestly, I thought Kansas was going to blow them out the water. Maybe by at least 15 points, at least. But I was wrong. So, but like you said before, you cannot give up, you know, six players who were in double figures, one off the bench, or uh, excuse me, yeah, or excuse me, five players off the bench, one off the bench, and then four of your starters. That's insane. That's absolutely never. (laughs) 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 But I mean, other than that, it was a great national championship. And like you said, it was the largest comeback in, you know, championship history, at least from what I've seen. Uh, but I'm glad the Jayhawks are back up there because for the longest, you know, they've had this little drought to where they would make the tournament, but they were getting knocked out by like, you know, unranked. Early. Yeah, knocked early. out early. So yeah, this was this was cool, and I'm glad to see NC back up there because they haven't been back, you know, up in that stage in in a while. So you know, it was nice to see it was nice to see the two, you know, powerhouse teams that we're used to seeing back up at the top. Oh, yeah. So, but um, 
Now I'm kind of wondering, like, who's going to be the top tier next year now since, you know, this season's already over with? Who's going to be the top tier team? Arkansas State, man. I see, yeah, I saw someone. Texas say. State. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. What I'll say, though, about that, that game that we would just watch yesterday, UNC versus Kansas, you know, Jacob was saying, well, all the momentum is for UNC. They just beat the biggest team, Duke. They're just going to go in here and steamroll. And I told him there's an adverse reaction to that. You just beat the biggest team in basketball. You're exhausted. And that, mm-hmm. for you, was your championship game. Well, honey, you got to go play another <laughs> one. And this is the one where you win the box win. This is the one where you get the trophy in the net. All right? So thing is, they were not prepared. They came in there off of beating Duke, and they were exhausted. And um, I... I actually, and then I'll let you go. I mean, I okay, look, they were, came in the I first think, half I think pretty they were well. Complacent. They were complacent yeah. is a better term. Yeah. Complacent, thinking, oh, we got this because they beat Duke, but and you don't second, got this because you gave up a sixteen-point lead in the second half. Yeah. They went. In, they That's went complacency. Into, they went into halftime, and you know, they probably were like, "Hey, we gotta," you know, or I would use the word they weren't as composed. Okay. Because then when the, when the lead started chipping away, because Kansas is a great team, they're gonna go oh, yeah. on runs, but the lead started chipping away, and what what it, what did UNC do? Like you could kind of see a little bit of panic, like, mm-hmm. and they start chucking up threes that aren't falling. Oh, it's just, yeah. oh my god, yeah, oh, the threes were like. <laughs> In today's day and age, everybody thinks like the hardest basket because it's still the furthest shot away from the rim. Mm-hmm. So, so it, exactly, so like. Sometimes you just need something easy. Sometimes you just need a little, uh, little layup. Little, yeah, little, you know. And give it to your big man. Put him in the paint. <laughs> there you go. Bruh, that game. Wow. I mean, the utter failure that happened <laughs> in that second half by UNC. That was panic. It was chaos. They were they were a mess mm-hmm. defensively, offensively. They're making sloppy, just sloppy decisions. It was it was it was great to see because I didn't want them to win. I mm-hmm. wanted the Jayhawks to win, you know, because they bounced out of Duke, and I wanted Coach K to get there. And I mean, like you said, it's just they they weren't composed. Mm-hmm. They panicked. They 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 were exhausted. They had some men. Baycott, I know he wasn't a hundred percent. So I mean, you going through adversity, but they're such a big program that they they're used to that. They should be used to that. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they practice in those situations. You practice for those game time situations where you're up and you're getting down, and you know, another team's on a roll. They they have, they're getting a run, but I mean, the Jayhawks just executed perfectly, and yep. that's what they do. That's what they do. They're a top program for a reason, and they well so deserve this championship, and. I mean, you just see all the greats that have come out of the Jayhawks program. And, I mean, some of the kids that are on this team for sure going to be in the league, for sure. Um, and the way that they, they just – McCormick, baby. Oh, yeah. David McCormick. Mm-hmm. The way they performed was just – they were composed. They they knew the goal. They they didn't get panicked in that first half. They were down by, what, you said 16 was the yep, high? Yeah, they were down by 16. You know how many teams would give up? Being down 16? Man, I was already giving up. I'm looking at the TV. I'm looking at the, the, the score. I'm like, man, I might go get some food right now. Right? <laughs> like, I, I like, don't mind yeah, I might just do my homework then. I'm <laughs> yeah. not, I can't. But, I'm like, go UNC, I guess. Yeah. And then but nope. no. No, the Jayhawks, they, they rose. They they came to and showed up for the occasion, and they, they pulled out the championship, as they should, as they should have, because they, they were the better team out there on the court. 
Yeah, so shout out to the Kansas Jayhawks for closing the deal. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that came out that top, on top. At the end of the day, all you got to do is get score one more point than the other person, mm-hmm. even if it's ugly. You know, when you get to the championship, forget all the X's and O's. Just go out there and win. Go out there and play basketball and go win. So shout out to them. Um, and then we'll see what happens next year. Way too early predictions. We know Duke won't be there. On Best believe we'll be there. We'll be yeah, ready. Absolutely. We'll be there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. We yeah. might have to. I might actually have to go to a Final Four one of these days, you know, wherever they host it. I and need to go to one, too. Me, too. Me, too. I know one's going to be in San Antonio, bro. Oh, best believe if Texas I'll State if Texas State goes oh if Texas State goes yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. we, we going I'll oh, fly yeah. to Maine for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> who who who's trying to go to Maine right now you know what I mean? so shout out to them so now I want to make sure that our podcast listeners are aware this is the absolute last and final time this year that this team. This man's name, <laughs> oh boy, and anything having to associate with them will ever be brought up on this podcast, and we will make sure that we will never mention it ever again. But we have to mention it today because it is official. Thanks to the Spurs win, unfortunately against the Nuggets. Thanks oh. to the Spurs win last night. Go Spurs! Go. And the Suns. And, and the, the Suns. Mm-hmm. The Lakers have officially been eliminated. From the play-in, they will officially be a lottery team. No chance of making the playoffs. Woo! Amen. And so what I would say, so what I would say is I hope that everybody else stops talking about him because I've never heard of a team who has been so many games under 500 get talked about like this. I know. We should be talking about the Kings this much, too, man. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Like, what is this? We might as well just talk about the Wizards, man, like, oh, yeah. for real. So, nevertheless, I'm, I want I want to go last. I want y'all <laughs> to talk about their season and who is to blame. Or, a matter of fact, this is the question I'll ask. What do you think needs to be done in order for the Lakers to, at the bare minimum, make the play in next year. All right. First off, I have to start the Lakers this year. This is arguably the biggest bust in basketball history. And because the way they assembled this super team was straight out of a a Space Jam movie. All right. You have (laughs) LeBron. You got Westbrook. You got Carmelo. You got AD. They even had DeAndre Jordan for some point. They had Dwight Howard for some point. They – this team – Bunch of old heads, and I'm telling you right now, you're not going to win basketball like that. And the fact that Frank Vogel has to say that he's that this is that this was his final season, he's going to be stepping away next year. And the thing is, for people to blame it on him, man, it wasn't his fault. There's a man up there right now named LeGM LeBran James, and he <laughs> is the one that picked this team. You could have had Buddy Hield and Demar Derozan, man. I'm telling you right now, you'd have the three point shooter, you'd have the mid range shooter, and he he didn't even. He did not choose that. He chose Westbrook instead. So Westbrook. this team, this team, I'm so glad to see they're not there. Mm-hmm. What they're going to have to do next year to win the playoffs, they're going to have to trade away everyone that's not AD and LeBron. Those are the only two that you can keep. And AD better start eating some broccoli because the man gets injured every three games. Day-to-day Davis. He's top 75 injured all time, not the top 75 greatest. Don't know why he's on that list. Thank man you. Can't I'm glad finally someone said Someone, someone put in there. Oh, put 
put him in there over Dwight Howard, T-Mac, and Clay Thompson instead, bro? Come on. So, yeah, that's my rant about LeBron and the Lakers. I'm so glad this is our final time mentioning them. Go go Spurs, baby. Spurs are going to take that spot in the play-in, and they're going to they're gonna run with it. And I'm excited to see that play-in against the Pelicans. That's a fun game to watch. Two small market teams that I love mm-hmm. both equally. I want to hear y'all's thoughts about this Lakers team and that play-in as well. Los Angeles losers is what this team should be rebranded as because roasting LA. They suck. Suck. They suck. Russell Westbrook, that's his new name. It's not Westbrook. I will not give him that respect. I've been trying to support him all season. All season. All season. I'd be in the comments. I'd be like, it's just a rough year. Just a bad, you know, road trip. He's going to be okay. And he had some good moments. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. But he had so many more bad moments Wait, and bad performance. I'm not blaming it on Westbrook. I'm just, oh, okay, I'm just okay, talking. Okay. I'm just going. <laughs> oh, I'm not blaming it on okay, him. I'm just okay, going okay. over like each piece that that failed. And another piece is Anthony Day to Day Davis because that man <laughs> is built like glass. He, oh my goodness, that man cannot stay for a solid ten game stretch at all. I've seen it. He's going to tweak his, his, his ankle, his knee, his hip, his back. It doesn't matter. The man gets injured all the time. And if I was the front office, I mean, I don't think I'd keep AD. I think I'd try to get some someone better than AD. Um, someone that's going to be – that's going to play a whole season. Someone's going to be there. It's going to show up. Because, I mean, he, he had like, what, three or four stretches where he, he was gone? Mm-hmm. And then weeks, weeks on end, just hiatus, doing whatever he's doing. And then – and then there's LeBron. Then there's <laughs> LeBron James. Oh, my goodness, man. I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't even be in L.A. anymore. I would leave. I'd probably go back to Cleveland. They got some good young pieces. Um, I, don't, I think right now they're, like, in the plan. I'm not sure. Um, Cleveland cool. against the Mets. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But in the beginning of the season, they started, they started off strong. They started off solid. But if I was LeBron, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's the LA Sun that's keeping him there, the stars, the money. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I can't. I, I'd rather be on the Clippers than the Lakers. I mean, it's horrible. This team's performance this year, and thank the Lord my Spurs and the Phoenix Suns <laughs> whooped their butt and shipped them out, go to Cancun on vacation, <laughs> you know, get, get the flip-flops, you know, get your bags packed, you know, on the banana boat. Gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy to see that. Uh, to me, I remember remember when I said that the Lakers were the worst team in the league this year, even though they were like in you know the play-in. Remember when I said that? I mean, you still have cat I on the Timberwolves, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, never got the Clippers. I totally blame LeBron for all of this. He is the one that started this. And now look where the result is. Nowhere near playoffs. Got there last year. Got knocked out by the Suns. Mm-hmm. Rebuild his team to what he wanted. Nothing but vets. And oh, look what is. happened here. They're eliminated from the playoffs. If I was him, I would get out of L.A. Mm-hmm. Get out of L.A. As, as much as I love LeBron, but if you want to win your title, again, if you want to win another title, you got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I just don't think LeBron should be in the Lakers no more. 
I think LeBron is going to stay in L.A. because oh, he yeah, loves sure. the attention. He loves the showtime. He loves the st- he, he's, he's a celebrity at heart, and he wants to be in Hollywood. That's where he wants to belong, and he wants a career in me- media, film, whatever, afterward, too. So that's where he wants to be. He, goes, he wants to see him. Now, forward. what I'm going to say now is they're going to need to get a better coach because mm-hmm. he's going to be gone. You're going to have to replace Frank Vogel. That's tough. Uh, you're you're going to have some picks, which they is good. Hey. They could have Ty hey. Lue, yeah. But, no, yeah, I would like to say, it, uh, before we pass it off to Isaiah, who's going to do the fatality on this one, um, I'm just going to say that LeBron James, you can't expect a team to just be built around you perfectly, and it's just proof that the superstar era is done. I mean, the super team era is done. You're it, going yeah. to have to find some sort of way to make it to the playoffs because I'm going to tell you right now, if he doesn't make it to a playoff next year, his reputation and his case for the GOAT is going to be damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'll ever be the GOAT, to be honest. Um, that's just a little side note. Uh, 2011, for me, will never, because MJ never. MJ never. When he got beat by Dirk? Like that. Yeah, because he choked, because he played like trash for four yeah. straight games. Yeah. Michael Jordan would never, he would never be, he would never pass him. Kobe never even played like that, but that's a different story for another day. Um, <laughs> Can't wait for that debate. Um, he's just chasing Kareem at this point. Yep. He's yep. just chasing Kareem. Um, granted, do I think he tried to build this team thinking they would win a title? Of course. I think he thought they would compete, but um, only person I think you can trade Russ for is John Wall or yeah. Kemba Walker. Those are the only yeah. two people that I feel like you can get. Either or. Because like nobody it. else on these point guards in the league are going to look at that and be like, I'm not taking that contract. Mm-hmm. Russ's no. contract is horrendous. Oh, my God. Horrendous. No sick. That's why they lost all their depth. Mm-hmm. And LeBron knew that mm-hmm. when he said, go get Russ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Wall actually just actually re-signed with the Rockets an extension, and we're actually going to let him play next season, so hopefully he doesn't leave us. But yeah. I do think that would be a destination worth Kimball Walker and John Wall, I would agree. You might as well. Now, let's see what oh, yeah. do, doing better than Now, watch it. Kyrie get upset if he doesn't win at the Nets. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go No, absolutely that's, not. That's not going to happen. Stop. That's not going to happen. <laughs> LeBron no, wants to play to no, other teammate. Oh, the whole man. reason he left Cleveland <laughs> is because he didn't want to be second fiddle to LeBron. That is true. He wanted his own And team. if he goes to LeBron, he will. He, if he goes to Lakers, he will absolutely be second fiddle. That's true. Now, I don't know how many dumb organizations are in here, but somebody's got to take AD. Somebody's got to take him. You think someone's going to take AD? They have to. So there's got to be. What if you went to Memphis? No. Hey. No. Hey. Any team that is competing for a spot does not need to trade for the with the Lakers right now. Not a soul. Not a soul that is competing. No. No. Because honestly, they have to give up John Collins. No. Because they have to give up. No. I'd rather no. Oh no, <laughs> we can just go. Through. He's just gonna keep saying no. No, I, I <laughs> honestly, the overseas. only like, nah, you gotta, you gotta trade with like a bottom of the league team and just get some type of value. Like I'm pretty the Pacers, sure you might be able to get away with it, or you could trade <laughs> with uh, like trade AD for Malcolm Brogdon. I, at this point, their value is, is the same. <laughs> at this point, their value is the exact same. You've heard it here. Yes. Ooh. Like, honestly, their value was the exact same. Now, I'd like to see a LaMelo and Anthony Davis Hornets team. Hey. That would be so Oh, that would be sweet. Why do y'all, man. I just like hearing now, Isaiah. What, hey, I'm telling y'all. We're just trying to get And, and what sucks, and the reason I keep saying all this, 
Like, they have to trade with that because if not, they're going to be stuck in the exact same position they're in and they're still not going to win. Because a lot of these good players, they're not just going to take a pay cut and go play with LeBron. That's over with. Yep. Yeah. The reason people were taking pay cuts to play with LeBron is because the, that was their best chance to play against the Warriors in the championship. That's why people were taking pay cuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's not the best chance anymore. There's legit four or five teams in the East that can make it. There's about three in the West. It would be five if everybody was healthy, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is this. We can predict all day, but all I can tell you is that we have all the fans in L.A. dropping their purple and yellow and putting on their white and red and blue because they're all becoming oh, Clippers, yeah. flan- oh, they Clippers never, fans they overnight. Never. Yeah, gonna, I know all those bandwagons in there. Warriors. Um, they're going to they're gonna jump on the Warriors. Oh, they're going to oh, jump yeah. on the Warriors, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Let's see what the Clippers can do against the Timberwolves. That'll be an exciting oh, cool. series coming up. I already told y'all before Paul George came back that the Clippers would beat the Timberwolves in the play and then the Timberwolves were loose to the Pelicans in that second game. And Timberwolves getting Paul it, baby. George is back now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Pandemic do, should I say more? Should I say more? I'm just saying. When And when Carl Anthony, because we're good, so next show we are going to come on here live and do play-in predictions and, you know, because, you know, it'll be a week from now, a couple days, five days. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do play-in predictions because I believe the play-in starts on April 12th, which mm-hmm. is a Tuesday. So when we do those predictions, I want everybody to make sure they remember and, you know, we'll have notes and stuff. Because when I come back and I'm 100% right, I'm calling wow. out everybody. Okay. I'm calling out everybody, Damn. especially Jacob, who finally decided to join the studio after, you know, his little pick for UNC went down the drain. <laughs> So shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to him. So I just want everybody to remember that. I want everybody to remember. Matter of fact, I want to. Oh my goodness, I want to go on Bobcat Radio and tell everybody. I want. I want. I want Let everybody who clowned know. me in our little group chat. Oh, for, I want everybody who clowned me. I want everybody to contest. keep that same energy. Still need All right. Point so th- that's adorable. <laughs> that's that's adorable. Up. That is fantastic. That's like Damian Lillard getting the bubble MVP. It is oh. adorable. That is adorable. So I just want everybody to remember that. I just want everybody to remember that. We got our so. own Stephen A. Smith here, y'all. Oh, no, I'm more Gotta consistent than him. So I'm oh, okay. <laughs> I'm more consistent. Am I Max Kellerman then? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's <laughs> Max No, you bring facts. Everybody here is consistent. They be no Skip Baylesses? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the Spurs, but I'm not that crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that Skip Bayless crazy. Yeah, so, hey, we're going to see what happens, but... That has been another episode of Claws to the Wall. Y'all know how we do. Of course, I've been your host, Isaiah Garner. I was joined by Kobe, Justin, and John Carlo with a little special last-minute appearance from Jacob. So, hey, hopefully y'all have a great rest of the day. We'll catch y'all next week on Tuesday with play-in predictions, spring game uh, reactions and updates, and anything else Texas State worthy. So, hey, y'all have a good day. Catch y'all next time. Yeah.